Welcome to the Talent for Tomorrow podcast. In this episode, we're looking into how and when kids decide what they want to be when they grow up. We're going to start with the voices of some kids we met over the summer, uh, talk to a high school teacher, a high school counselor, and a college professor. Finally, we'll hear from some familiar Missouri voices who are going to talk a little bit about their experiences in college and how they got where they are today. So those kids. One of the most fun conversations we had all summer was with a group of local preschool kids and daycare kids um, and talked to them about what they wanted to be when they grow up and it was a really, really fun conversation. Hi, my name is Cecilia. I'm seven years old and when I grow up I want to be a vet. And when I grow up I wanna be I wanna be a I wanna be a horse trainer. Hi, my name is Harris. I'm six years old, and when I grow up, I want to be a doctor for pregnant ladies. What's your name? Taylor. Okay. What, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, a doctor. My name is Lily, and I'm seven years old, and whenever I grow up, I want to be a principal. Hi, my name is Lucas, and I'm six years old, and when I want to... When I grow up, I want to be a police officer. Hi, my name's Mivel. Um, I am seven years old. When I grow up, I want to be a high school science teacher. My name is Trip Dunn, and I am eight years old. When I grow up, I want to be a wolf. The next step in the pipeline is really thinking about teachers and their influence on what kids want to be when they grow up. For this one, we talked to a guy that I actually went to high school with, um, Nathan Fleming, who is now a teacher at West Plains High School and a Project Lead the Way instructor. Yeah, how'd you end up being a teacher? Uh, I started off with uh, some vague ideas of being an engineer or something like that, um, and just going to college, and I started uh, tutoring people in math. And they said, hey, you're pretty good at this. You ought to do it for a living. And so I switched to a math major. My first year of Project Lead the Way, I, I took a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. And um, about towards the end of the year, I started uh, kind of putting them together in a library. And I, I started feeling bad for my other classes because I did more experiments in that one class than all my other classes put together. Right. The, the engagement level is really different if you, if you run it correctly. Is it your philosophy that, that like high school teachers and high schools have, um, you know, kind of a duty of helping students think about what they want to do when they grow up, or is it on students to think about that on their own? My first several years, I focused on making really good lessons and being a really good science teacher, and I thought I had done that by about five years, Mm -hmm. but then I would see students that had gone through all my classes, and this is when I was at a small school, so I had them all four years, Mm -hmm. and I would see my best students uh, just out in the community doing nothing, and I thought, I did not do my job, you know? Then I started focusing on ACT and college um, advisement and things like that. So I think it really does, it is unfortunately a a major job of the teacher to get that squared away. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. What about, you know, just about like opening their eyes to particular kinds of occupations or, you know, life paths that they might not have had exposure to consider? So within a particular subject, if I was um, an English uh, in the English field, I would I could bring in career professionals throughout the year, you know, just three or four or five guest speakers um, in your subject area, and if if uh, teachers did that through all subject areas, then students should be exposed to a lot of different careers before they get out of high school. 
What are your thoughts on, on how we might do a better job of providing educators and school counselors with the tools that they need to serve the enormous number of students who come through their classrooms and their offices? Are there, are there resources that we could provide that would be helpful? We started doing something every week called uh, Every Monday Matters. It's like a, a character education curriculum. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, the school had carved out a small block of time once a week to talk about this particular thing. And so if we could also carve out a small block of time to talk about this college stuff, if you guys could develop this list of questions and answers mm -hmm. and some real-life practical information that students uh, would, would want to know. Yeah. And we could address it in that time. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. That conversation with Nathan Fleming was actually a really, really useful one, and it's helped us think about how we want to communicate with students uh, in the upcoming year. So I think you can look to the Department of Higher Education to see some pretty cool, fun, and groundbreaking ideas about how to communicate some of those important um, basic facts of college going to students. Marty Leathers, my partner in crime and the director of the Division of Workforce Development, and Diane Clayton, who's a counselor at Jeff City High School, joined me for this next piece of the conversation where we continue to explore how and when kids decide what they want to be when they grow up. What role do institutions of, of secondary and post-secondary education, in your mind, have in assisting students to determine what they want to do with their life and how to achieve those goals? Um, well, I think it even starts earlier than just the high school. I know in our district, we... Um, went to an academy model several years ago, and that's kind of evolved. Um, we have more of an academy, I'd say more clusters than just one specific career type. Um, but we started um, doing a lot more at the elementary level, definitely um, very involved at the middle school level, so that by the time they pick an academy in ninth grade, they have a little bit more of an idea as to um, what that future might look like. We um, talk an awful lot about um, like a mission statement, a vision statement, where we talk about wanting to have productive citizens, you know, um, preparing students for the future. And obviously it's not just getting them across the stage, but it's making sure they're ready for that next environment. Like you said, yeah. I'm going straight to work or I'm going on to further my education, but they're gonna be lifelong learners, so we've gotta prepare them for that. Absolutely. So I'm not as familiar with the academy model as some folks might be. Can you help me understand what the academy model means for students? Sure. We um, went with um, Missouri Connections had um, several different career paths that students could pick. And so we started with um, those areas several years ago where students could pick one of those. And then we developed some new courses in those fields to help them explore um, what that area might be like. It's one thing to know that I have an interest in this area. It's another thing to know I have an aptitude. Um, and so that gives them a little bit of a taste. You know, I've had students go, uh, I can't do this much science for this kind of career. So um, how it's evolved though, um, a few years ago we combined them. So we have um, one academy is called EDI and that's um, agriculture, natural resources, and our industrial ed type stuff. Could be anything from our Nichols Career Center courses um, where students might do an apprenticeship or go straight to work um, or go on to college. Um, some of those are articulated credit. Um, we also have a second academy which is called CAB, so that's um, communications, fine arts, and business. 
And then the third one would be called S3. It's the Service Academy. So it's anything to do with helping people. It could be law enforcement, could be um, a beautician, could be I want to be a teacher. Um, we also combine that with health because that health field is very much a nurturing type of field. And so that I think has been very helpful because it gives them a little bit, you know, they're not pigeonholed into one specific area. So I, I tend to like this one a lot better um, and find students, they can take classes. They actually can take classes outside their academy so they can explore a little bit, but it gives them more of a taste of what's gonna be in that field if then if it's a field for them or not. Diane helped us think about how high school students decide what they want to be when they grow up. To continue that conversation about how it applies to college students, I talked with Representative Travis Fitzwater, who represents the 49th District here in the state of Missouri, and Dr. David Huff, Dean of the College of Education at Missouri State University. When did you decide what you wanted to be when you grow up? Well, that's kind of a loaded question because really I, I started out uh, growing up in a family where I thought really you just had to work and work hard to make a living. Uh, and then whenever I went to college, uh, I found out that while you do have to work and work hard to make a living, there's all kinds of uh, opportunities. And so, you know, you come out of a family environment and then your, your P-12 education graduate from high school. And I, there's probably a group of people that make decisions based on that. But for me, it was my college experience. And quite frankly, I started out as an accounting major. And so I was <laughs> accounting. <laughs> and and how I ended up in this job is a is a way long story. But anyhow, uh, just to cut to the chase, uh, for me, uh, it, it was my college and university years that uh, shaped really who I am today. I suppose. What are the trends for decisions made by kids these days? What are you What are you seeing as far as how are they making the decisions? When are they, When do their paths diverge? I know it's different for every kid. There's no There's no one path, especially in America with the amount of opportunity, but are there trends that, that kind of stand out that, that show when kids are making these decisions and what directions they're going? I think there are. I think there's three groups. Uh, there's one group that, uh, you know, probably has more people in it than you might think. Uh, in terms of education, uh, some kids, you, you hear these stories, they, they line up their stuffed animals and they start uh, talking to them, teaching them, or doing whatever at a very young age, age three, four, five, six. And then they become that thing, uh, whether it's an elementary teacher or what have you. But they'll tell you, I've always known I wanted to do this. By the way, that There's didn't work out for my baseball career, just so we're, <laughs> we're very clear on that. <laughs> well, I was going to tell you, you know, I started out in accounting because I liked statistics because my baseball career didn't work out either. So I thought the next best thing would be a statistician, you know, the guy there feeding all the information. That didn't work out either. But anyway... Uh, so there is that, that group that, you know, early on as children, are, you know, know what they want to do. There's a second group, though, and that it's the, kind of the, the more common group, I think, as, as, as children progress and grow um, through junior high, high school, and, and whether or not they go to college, I hope they do, they, they find something. They find a passion. They, they find something uh, that they want to do. Uh, and, and they find out that there are requirements or skills uh, that they have to acquire to do that, and they go do it, and they become that, whether it's uh, in, in labor uh, or a profession or a trade or, or whatever. And then the third group uh, are those people that, um, you know, they may be 30 or 40 years old before they really find the thing that they're going to, to, to stick with. It's, it's probably not that late for most people. But it certainly could be college and even after college and trying a thing or two until they finally 
uh, find that career uh, path uh, later in life to, that they follow. Yeah, so I was talking to my dad about this topic, and you know, he said he was 44 before he finally found the thing that he was going to really make a living with for the rest of his life. So I think that you know, it, the reality that we all understand is that it, it takes people a while to f- find their fit. Dean, what do you think higher higher ed institutions are doing well and maybe not doing so well today to to help young people make informed decisions about their careers and future choices as it as it pertains to their passions and um, what's good for the economy, but also even much more so what's good for the kid? I think we do a great job once they're here. Once they're admitted and they're in college, uh, attending a university, uh, after a couple of years, sometimes three, took me three, but for most a year or two, I think we do a real good job of exposing them to all the things that are available, and then they find their own niche. However, what we're not doing well is recruiting students into higher education uh, from high school and even starting in in those middle grades. Uh, We just don't seem to be out there trying to shape uh, the economy uh, at that level. We we do a good job at this level once they're here, uh, but to go out and recruit and and try to be more proactive, I think, is is the more difficult part. You know, with the two-year community colleges and the technical schools, I think we also need to do a better job of encouraging some of those students to go on and complete a four-year degree. Um, I I think the two years do a terrific job with those two years, whether the students earn an associate uh, degree or not or, or whatever. But I think we're missing the boat. There are so many students who need to go on and go ahead and finish that four-year that, that we're missing. You know, it's so interesting. Um, in conversations often with legislators, we hear a really intense interest in what kids are going to earn, what students are going to earn when they graduate from college if they major in a particular field. And that information is really important, especially when you consider how it balances against the cost of education and the loan debt that many students are carrying. But if you carry it to the extreme, so I had this conversation with the Missouri College Advising Corps, which is a really fantastic group of recent college graduates who try to get more students to go to college. And I asked them, you know, in the students that you work with, which is a really high need population, how much attention are they paying to these kinds of uh, talent questions, occupation questions, earnings questions? And the vast majority of them felt like most of their students' primary interest in deciding what they were going to study after high school was salary. And it kind of broke my heart a little, you know, I mean, it's a luxury that many people don't have to spend that time in exploration in college. But um, man, the idea that, you know, the the way these advisors conveyed it was there are a lot of students who want the highest wages and the least amount of time in school. And that's the matrix that they're considering as they decide what they want to do after high school. Right. And and that's the difference between the millennials and the baby boomers, I suppose, if you want to capture it that way. Again, back in my day, back in the uh, early 1970s when I started college, college was affordable. And if you didn't have a scholarship or if you didn't have parents who could pay your tuition or whatever, you could work part-time, pay for your college, and still have some spending money. I'm not sure that's true today. And so I think in part, uh, the students that we have, I keep wanting to call them kids. If I do that, I apologize. But, but the students we have today, I think, are um, more of a mindset of, I want to get through this as fast as possible uh, so that I can make as much money as quickly as possible so I can do the things I want to do. College students aren't just thinking about what they want to do when they grow up. They're also thinking about how they're going to pay for that dream. We had a group of interns from the state's Office of Administration who came over to talk with us about how they're thinking about pursuing their dreams and how to make it a reality based on the resources available to them. 
as we think about you know the workforce and think about talent, we, we struggle with the question often of the value of higher education compared to the cost of getting a higher education and the, the role that debt has in the lives of, of not just young people, but people of lots of generations. How actively do you think about you know what you want to be when you grow up and think about the debt load associated with that path? I think about it a lot. Um, I want to become a doctor. So not only do I have to worry about the tuition from undergraduate school, but I have to worry about the, the tuition of graduate school, and that's four years. And I'm hoping to get into a really good school, so that's a lot, that's a lot of money I'm putting into it. And I'm not even sure if I'll even get a job afterwards. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that I can get a scholarship, some kind of assistantship, something just so I won't have so much debt to worry about when I'm like 40 or something. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? I look at it all the time. Yeah. If it wasn't for A plus, I wouldn't have went to school. Yeah. Um, I have done construction since I was 12, so that's all I really know. Yeah. And I'm going to school for construction management. So if it wasn't for A plus, I probably would have just went straight out to the workforce. Mm -hmm. And I get told all the time by people I meet, um, and that I should look into going to a four-year school, but it costs so much, mm -hmm. and I can't guarantee a job when I get down. Yeah. And I don't want to pay off debt for the rest of my life. Yep. And I don't live close enough to stay home to drive to the schools every day. Right. So my options are online and work full-time or get my associates and get out. Yeah. Anybody else? For me, um, coming out of high school and already knowing that I really enjoyed programming, it wasn't much of a decision for me whether or not to, to get a higher education because that was what I was really passionate about. And to do that, I needed to go to college. Um, and so, and I also chose a school that was well known, was relatively cheap, and had a very high job out of college rate so that I would have better assurances of having a job to immediately pay off my debt, and I would also have to have less debt in the first place. Um, so it's, it's something that I considered, but I didn't have to think heavily about, and I think that it was the right decision still. Mm -hmm. As far as people that, are, that go into college and don't have an idea of what they do, and they just pick something at random, I don't think that they should do that because <laughs> a lot because a lot of the problems with um, higher education is that people feel pressured to do it mm -hmm. because that's what's expected of a successful person. Mm -hmm. And then they go there, they realize they don't know what they want to do or they don't like what they're doing, mm -hmm. and then they still have all of this debt from how from when they did go, yeah. which then digs them a hole for later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would just say I was a little similar to Scott, where uh, I did a plus for my first mm -hmm. year of college. Mm -hmm. And that really helped out because it's like you don't want to have to, like we didn't want to do any debt and we haven't done any so far and we're not trying to. <laughs> right. I've been working hard, taking steps to like avoid that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and living off campus really saves a lot of money as well. Yeah, so. yeah. College students are clearly asking if college is worth it. We had a conversation with a group of Missourians whose voices may be familiar to many who are listening, and the feedback we got from them was very clear, and it was that for them, college clearly was worth it. I'm Carrie Turgeon, mayor of Jefferson City. I went to school at Missouri State University. I am a business grad, so I have a business management degree, but I'm mayor of Jefferson City, so I didn't major in being the mayor, but really, um, 
went into business because I have a family business, Carrie's Hallmark Shop on High Street in downtown Jefferson City. So I always knew business was my interest and my background and came back to run the family business. So I always knew what my destiny was, was to run the Hallmark store. But I can tell you I'm definitely a much better business person having had that college degree and having that experience at Missouri State University. After we talked with Mayor Turgeon, we talked with Dr. Don Claycomb, who used to be the president of State Technical College and is now a member of the State Board of Education. I decided as a sophomore in high school that I wanted to teach vocational agriculture and to be an FFA advisor. I stuck with that uh, up until probably about my sophomore year in college. I had that goal. I still kept that goal, but I lost focus. And I lost focus for most of my sophomore year, uh, most of my junior year, and part of my senior year. And uh, I would say that a student should set goals in college and then should also maintain focus because me losing focus also cost me uh, dearly as far as my grade point average was concerned. Uh, later on, when I did decide to go to uh, graduate school, I was admitted on probation, and uh, I had my focus back and knew what I wanted to do. So I did uh, well as far as graduate school was concerned. So maintain, set goals, and maintain focus. As far as my classroom work is concerned, I don't consider any of the classes I ever had as being a bust. I was a bust in some of those classes, but I don't consider the classes to have been a bust. All in all, I spent 51 and a half years in public education, and for me, I cannot imagine any career having been any more fulfilling than uh, my 51 and a half years in public education. And I am so glad that I did get my focus back and uh, accomplish much more than I had originally set as far as goals were concerned. Hi, my name is Mary Russell, and I am now a judge on the Supreme Court of Missouri. I went to college at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri. When I started college, I thought I wanted to be a medical dietitian, um, so I um, took sciences and um, appropriate classes for that field, but quickly learned that that was not um, um, going to be an appropriate major and career for me. Uh, so I switched to communications, um, but I had enough hours that I ended up with both a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Arts in communications. I felt like probably the best part of my education at Truman State was the internships, the opportunities to um, work during college in my field of interest. I was a newspaper reporter for one internship. I served as a intern in the Missouri House of Representatives and an intern in Congress in Washington, D.C., 
And I think it was from those experiences that I got to see people in the working world, people working in professional positions, especially in the legal field as lawyers, that really sparked my interest into attending law school, uh, where I attended at the University of Missouri in Columbia. Virtually all of my education from first grade through law school was always a part of the public school system, uh, mainly because of affordability, uh, wonderful scholarships, and um, convenience to my home um, in Hannibal. My dad was a dairy farmer, which meant that he worked 365 days a year and needed to be uh, there to milk the cows twice a day, so I couldn't pick a college that was more than two hours from Hannibal, my hometown, or uh, so that applied to law school as well. My grandfather always told me to get all the education you can get, and I um, uh, knew for sure that when I went to law school that I never, ever wanted to be in a courtroom. I knew that I wanted to maybe work behind the scenes in a business environment, and so I guess I learned never to say never, (laughs) Um, because today, obviously, I work in a courtroom. So how do kids decide what they want to be when they grow up? How are they thinking about the trade-offs that may be necessary along the way to achieve their goals? Is college worth it? I thought this was a really great conversation. I want to thank you for joining us for it. I also want to thank my co-hosts for this episode, Marty Leathers and Representative Travis Fitzwater, as well as the entire cast of characters who joined us to talk a little bit about their view on workforce development, starting with those great kids at Show Me Child Care Center. They were fantastic. Nathan Fleming, West Plains High School teacher, uh, lifelong zizzer, and Project Lead the Way instructor. Diane Clayton, a counselor at Jeff City High School. Dr. David Huff, Dean of the College of Education at Missouri State University. The interns who joined us, Olivia Kessler, who's a student at Lincoln University and an intern at our ITSD. Scott Farley, a student at State Fair Community College, also an intern, but this time for facilities management. Levi Anderson, a student at Missouri S&T, who interned at ITSD. And Matthew King, a student from Missouri State University, who was an intern also with the ITSD division. Mayor Carrie Turgeon of Jefferson City, Dr. Don Claycomb, former president of State Technical College of Missouri, and Mary Russell, a Supreme Court judge with the Missouri State Supreme Court. Thanks for listening to the Talent for Tomorrow podcast. If you like our show and want to know more about these economic and workforce development initiatives, read our blog post for highlights from our interviews and more at bestinmidwest.com. Again, that's bestinmidwest.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on iTunes.